Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at Nurse.org. And, you know, I'm really excited about our semi-new format of the podcast where we are getting questions and comments from you, the listeners, the viewers, and answering them right here on the podcast. Because not only do you have a question, but I'm sure somewhere else you have a twin spirit who has the exact same question, is going through the same issue. So it's important that you know that you are not alone and that we have so much opportunity to learn from our peers, our colleagues, our classmates, fellow nursing students, and all of the people and nurses around the world. So today's question, I actually had uh, someone's husband, so a non-nurse, actually submit a question. And basically he was saying, hey, my wife's been a nurse for four years she has this new job. She's four weeks on the job. She loves being a nurse, but she's working this ICU job. It's been four weeks and she cries before every shift. Why is that? And what can he do to help her? Hi, Nurse Alice. My wife, who's an ICU nurse, cries before going to work. She cried every night before going to work the night shift these past four weeks at her new job. She's been a nurse for four years and she says she loves being a nurse. But if she did, why is she crying before every shift? Now, I will say this. I've been there. I have been that nurse who cries before, after, and probably during the shift. I think we've all been there. You know, you don't have to necessarily be a new grad for this to happen to. This can happen whether you're a new nurse or a seasoned professional. I mean, you might be trying to cope with these anxious feelings and thoughts before and after your shift. So it isn't uncommon for nurses to deal with what they call pre- in the situation, or post-shift anxiety. So what it sounds like, sir, in the inquiry you sent is that your wife might be experiencing some pre-shift anxiety. I mean, you didn't specify how she feels after the shift because that would also kind of be supportive of if this is indeed the case. And obviously I'm not diagnosing her because I haven't talked to her, but I feel like I know her. I feel like I've been there. (laughs) So, um, and many nurses have been there. And, you know, when we have these feelings, many nurses struggle with, and we'll keep it to pre-shift anxiety. And when they struggle with this, it's generally because there are some types of fear of rejection, anxiety, um, your concern that you might make a mistake. Um, You don't feel supported in your environment where you're going to work, or you just, sorry, but I hate the specialty in which I work in. And either way, lots of things are going on through your mind and you're second guessing your identity as a nurse and even your career choice. And you might even become resentful with work. 
Let's break this down a little bit more before I get started. So what is pre-shift anxiety? Well, it is an emotion that's characterized by intense, excessive, persistent worry, fear, dread, or just uneasiness about everyday situations. Now, that's not to minimize the work that nurses do, because listen, these quote unquote everyday situations are not really everyday situations. I mean, heck, we just went through a pandemic. What is everyday about that, right? If anything, it's just intensified the workplace, increased the acuity. Um, We've been more short staffed. We've had a lack of resources. So we've been asked to do a lot more with a lot less, okay? And then you factor in just being human, our own fears, concerns, obligations, and responsibilities outside of work. And hey, you know, sometimes we don't want to be to work either. And Top onto that, maybe someone's working night shift. Listen, I hated, hated night shift initially. It took some, listen, it took me a while to get used to night shift before I became a night owl. And I'll be honest, I just, sometimes I just was so cranky and just hated working nights because I'd be leaving my family. Everybody's kind of just getting home from work or their school day. You know, we've had dinner and then, you know, come the evening shows and everybody's just chopping it up about how was your day and, you know, talking about what they want to do next weekend or for the summer and blah, blah, blah. They're just talking. It's like, huh, I got to go. Y'all are about to start watching a movie and I got to go. Like that sucks. And don't, Put in there that like maybe dinner's not even ready before you time for you to leave to go to work, right? Let's say you didn't do any good planning, and then it's like, oh, I gotta bring this little sandwich or this little salad because you know the magnificent lasagna dinner that's being made is not gonna be ready till after I have to be to work. So, long story short, there's plenty of reasons why you might just have these ugh or blah feelings about going to work. But let's bring it back. Let's take a couple steps back first, okay? You don't have a job. You're applying. You're like, shoot, I need a job. I need a job. You get the interview. They offer you the job. You're excited. You're excited to go through your drug screening, your physical and your TB mask testing and orientation, whether it's in person, online and all the hours of modules you got to do. You like, oh, but yay. Right. I got a job. I'm excited. Got your ID badge and everything. And, you know, got your new shoes, your your scrubs and, you know, looking cute, looking good, feeling good. I'm a nurse. Boom. Right. You're excited. There's this honeymoon phase when you start the job, but that honeymoon quickly wears off and reality slaps us in the face. And it's real deal. Holyfield working, getting it out the mud. And that's where we are. And that is the horror that kick in with actually really working as a nurse especially in certain environments. I'll just take ICU and ER, for example, because you know that's my playground. That's that's where I like to play. And it can be traumatizing. It can be really, really traumatizing. So I want to actually share. Well, actually, let me just be right candid, guys. Listen, I was at work a week and a half ago and I cried in the middle of the day. I was holding it together. I was holding it together. And then I was like, I need a break. I'm just going to grab some coffee. And I said that to one of my teammates so she could kind of cover some of my patients. I went in that break room and just boohooed, just boohooed and cried. And long story short, after about three people walked in on me, they're like, Alice, go ahead and take your lunch now. But I was just overwhelmed with work. Mind you, it was a new assignment. I was in a new location, didn't get very much orientation at all. Had to beg for a unit tour to get know where things are. And I'm just like, There was no camaraderie. Everyone was kind of pissed because they were short staffed already. And I'm just like, ugh, it just, I just didn't want to be there. 
mind you, it was also a lot of traffic getting to and from that location. So I didn't want to go to that site anyways, but it was work. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But anyways, short, long story short, I cried in the break room. Although the person that was that we're talking about, the ICU nurse that cries before she goes to her ICU night shift, people will cry before work, during work and after work. And this is all related to anxiety. Okay, guys. But anyways, so that was just a recent incident of when I cried at work. But I can recall several incidents when I've worked. Most of it, I was a newer nurse, I would say, or new-ish, because I was also like trying to fine-tune my skills as a nurse. So there was that extra layer of just trying to solidify my knowledge and experience to make sure, you know, to feel good about where I am, to make sure I'm not going to kill anybody, I'm not going to leave anything out. Um, But then there are also times where even as an experienced nurse, going on a new location or maybe it was a new shift, a day shift or a night shift, something altering my usual schedule, that made me unhappy too. So I'm not a crybaby, but listen, I feel like tears are words that you're at a loss for. So they come out in tears and you're, it's a form of expression. And I was full of anxiety and I was crying, but anyways, you can feel overwhelmed. So many newer nurses cry because they begin to feel all the same overwhelmness. Is that a word? I think it is. I'm, I'm, it's a word now. And they may feel like they have too many uh, tasks um, to do too many things on their work list. They can't focus enough on their individual patients. They may not feel confident in their knowledge or skills. They may not be sure of the environment and where their tools are or how to use certain pieces of equipment because nobody showed them during orientation because they just didn't get that experience. Um, but it really causes you to second guess yourself. And so they may begin to feel bad about themselves. And that creates an anxiety, an angst, a worry, a fear. And this also begins to make them feel like they could miss something big and important and something bad could happen or they could fail to provide the safe, quality, appropriate care that they want to provide, right? Like nobody goes into work necessarily wanting to hurt or kill, unless you've seen the the documentary Good Nurse, but we're not talking about those type of situations. But for the most part, we don't go, we want to go in, we want to do our jobs, take care of our patients, not have to work too, too hard. And then, you know, like, let's everybody be chill, right? Let's everybody be good. Let's be everybody on the motion of the ocean for healing and wellness, right? Like no code blues, knock on some wood, right? But sometimes shit happens. And I'll tell you, for me, some of the things that happened for me that have been reasons why I have cried is I really didn't want to work night shifts sometimes. My sleep schedule was altered. It was jacked up. And quite frankly, I wanted to be home and do things with my family. And there are times also when working night shift, I would get hella cranky and angry, especially on days where I didn't sleep well enough or didn't get enough sleep. So here I am at work trying to do my best, fighting back sleep, trying to stay awake, trying to stay attentive. And deep down inside, I'm like, I'm sleepy. I should be able to sleep when I want to sleep. I'm grown. And like getting mad with myself uh, about it. Um, There's also the demands of everything you got to do, especially on a new job, right? All these checklists you got to get signed, all these modules you got to do, all these policies and procedures they want you to remember. Like, like I'm I'm not going to remember all of that. Okay. Also, many times not feeling supported. Now, here's the thing. You can have a preceptor make or break your orientation. I don't know if y'all know about that, but I know in one of my newer ICU jobs, my day shift preceptor, because they started off on days, because you know more interactions, more you see more of the teams, surgeries, and da 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 da. So we everyone started on day shift, whether you were nights or not. But my day shift preceptor, Lisa, 
excellent. Like AACN ambassador. She taught you everything you needed to know, made you feel supported. She would ask you questions and draw out knowledge in me that made me feel confident and made me feel like I know my shit. I know I'm a nurse. I'm a good nurse too. I'm a smart nurse. And like, I'm feeling like confident. And although I don't know everything, I'm feeling confident about what I don't know, where to go to look it up or where the resources are. So that's one thing she always said to me. She's like, Alice, you don't have to know everything, but the things you don't know, know where to look them up. So I'm like, okay, good. I'm doing things. And then like, if something would happen, she's like, okay, Alice, we're getting a new patient in room A, patient in room B is looking really sick. He's, you know, let's double check some things. I think there's some new orders and we're also buddying with Carlos. So we have to cover him for break. So what would you like to do first? And like, she would pull things out of me to help me to help identify, you know, that I was sound with, you know, the physiological needs of my patients, help I could prioritize, um, that I knew how to delegate. I was good at time management, but she pulled this out of me. So this is great. Great day shift preceptor. Then I go to nights and this heifer on nights, I don't even remember her name, but she, I always felt like I was playing a game of gotcha. Like, okay, Alice, we have this patient and this patient. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and get started. And then we'll touch base on what to do. Like she never had a game plan, even though I tried to start one up. She's like, oh no, we'll just, we'll get started and then we'll talk about it. And then I would go to do something and then I'd come back to her. She's like, well, you didn't do such and such, such and such for such and such in room A. I said, well, I got the day started. I wasn't aware of those type of things based on what I knew. I thought I was doing okay. Well, you should have done X, Y, and Z first. And I just felt like she was always playing gotcha. And so it, I hated night shift. I began to hate night shift. I began to hate the unit. I began to hate her. I began to hate like being a nurse. I just was like, I don't even know if I want to do this because that's how horrible she made me feel. And in doing that, because you also know, this was back in, well, nurses do still eat their young, but this is also at a time because she was a more senior nurse. I always felt like I was being talked about. Like whenever I'd go do something and come back and there were nurses at the station and then all of a sudden kind of would get quiet or I just felt like a an air of thickness in the air. I was like, I would feel like they're talking about me, even if they probably weren't talking about me. I felt like it. So I began to feel not part of the team at work. And also, I think at that time I had had a baby like six months prior. So there was also that separation anxiety I was feeling about leaving my little one at home, although he was with his dad, you know, it was all good. Should have been right. I was just feeling all of these mixed emotions and I was definitely feeling anxiety, definitely feeling anxiety so much so that on the nights that I had to go to work, like earlier in the days, I would start to feel sick. I'm like, mm, I got a little sniffles. Oh, my stomach hurts. Like I legit was feeling physical symptoms. And I came to learn that this is all work-related because you're fine on the other days. It, it was just like that whole, I knew in my head I had to go to work tonight. And it was also like, oh, I got to deal with this shit. And then also some of the prepping and the planning and worrying about I'm not going to get enough sleep. So trying to go to sleep when I'm full of anxiety and can't, then that defeats my attempt to fall asleep. It was just like all just all messed up. And then I would get in the car and I would be, I'd legit start crying on the way to work. And then I would get there and I would like drag my feet to the unit. I put my stuff away and like, I'd be waiting for huddle, like just sick, didn't even want to talk to anybody. I was just unhappy. So sir, when you say that your wife has a new job, she's been on it for four weeks and she's crying every time she goes to work. Ask her, how's the job going, honey? 
Are you making friends at work? How's the orientation process going? Are you feeling successful? What are some things that you like about work? What are the things that you dislike about work? And then ask, you know, how can I help you? Like you might, as someone who is a friend of a nurse or a spouse or significant other of a nurse, a support person of a nurse, listen, it goes a long way if you can just even listen to us or help us, you know, make sure things are quiet when we're trying to take our nap before we go to work or helping us like prepare our lunch, you know, keeping us in mind for snack time, making sure we have snacks for work, making me a cup of coffee. Like those are great things that you, those are some things that you can do. But now where I wanted to pivot this is because many of you who are listening are like, oh shoot, Nurse Alice, that is me. I am experiencing pre-shift, intra-shift and post-shift anxiety. And while I will say this, anxiety is very real. I'm very much a proponent of therapy, uh, mental health and things like that. I definitely uh, have a therapist that I talk to sometimes more frequently than others. Sometimes, listen, there have been times where I've talked to my therapist three times a week and there are some times where I've gone three months without talking to my therapist, but it's something that I have on standby and it's important for me to talk about my feelings to get this anxiety out because we need to make sure that we deal with this in a healthy way, in a healthy way. So for those of you who are listening, who might be like raising their hand, like, oh shoot, that is me. I have pre-shift, inter-shift and post-shift anxiety. I cry before I go to work, Nurse Alice. I feel sick before I go to work, Nurse Alice. That's me. That's me all day, every day. I'm crying in the break room. I don't feel like I belong in this nursing world. I don't belong on this unit. I feel like an outsider. Like, listen, you are not alone. You are not alone. And there's some important things that you need to do to get a handle. Let's first identify what you're experiencing. And then let's get a handle as to why you're experiencing it and see if there are things that you can do around this to help manage it until you can find yourself in a healthier situation or at least managing your emotions in a healthier way. So I have seven tips to how to handle pre-shift anxiety. So the first one would be to create a calming routine. So before work or even after work, right? This is going to be important to create a calm routine because how you start your day impacts the rest of the day and its progress. So your mood and your energy level will help define how you perceive a stressful situation. So you can intentionally elevate your mood before work by taking a few simple steps. You can do some things like, and this is, these are definitely things that I would do. I would listen to calming music. I would meditate. I would pray. I would literally take some nice deep breaths. I would have my lavender infuser going to kind of relax me um, and telling myself positive affirmations. I am smart. I am a great nurse. I am a loving person. I am intelligent. I am caring. All of these things. I would create a relaxing routine for myself because I wanted to set the tone for how my shift was going to start. So I'm talking about starting the shift, but this is something you can also do at the end of your day as well. And number two, calm your mind. So these two might kind of go hand in hand, but, and you can do this at any time, right? Uh, Before, during, or after your shift, but whenever, ever you're approaching a stressful situation, right? Even if you're on your way to work or maybe you're at work and stuff is like coming at you left and right, left and right. It's important that we calm our mind. You have a greater chance of conquering your situation when your mind is calm. So we can't always escape the unit when we're there, we're at work, right? But sometimes taking a moment to do some breathing techniques 
easy and effective way to calm your nervous system. So when you are anxious before your shift, try regulating your stress hormone by taking three big, shallow breaths before your shift. So like I'm getting ready to walk onto the unit, right? Okay. Or I've just put my things away. I know now I'm about to join the rest of the team, get report. I would just sit and stop again, tell myself some positive affirmations. And then I would take three nice deep breaths. Okay, Alice, you're about to have a great shift. You are about to have a great shift. You are one person and you are going to do your best humanly possible, but you will not beat yourself up for the things that you cannot get to. Literally calming my mind before shift. And if something happened, sometimes you do need to step away for a second. I mean, obviously life-threatening things, code blue, you can't necessarily walk away from that in the moment. But when you get a break, go somewhere, go in the supply room, go in the bathroom, go in the break room, calm your mind with some deep breaths. Tip number three, take care of yourself while you are at work. So it's important to take care of yourself while you're working. If you don't take care of yourself, no one will take care of you, okay? There is no one coming to rescue you. You have to rescue yourself. You have to be your best cheerleader. So starting your shift with a calm mind helps start your shift well, but also don't neglect your mental health while you're working. That's very, very important. And so I was doing some research and I came across an acronym called PEELS, P-E-E-L-S. Pray, eat, exercise, laugh, and sleep. These are reminders of how to care for yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, while you take care of others. Although, you know, I said praying doesn't have to be super religious or super churchy or anything like that. Um, Whatever your higher power it is that you believe in, take some time to pray. Or you could take time to meditate or just, you know, do something to still your mind. Also, you know, using that positive reinforcement throughout the shift is something that's helpful. So remember, just tell yourself, I am good at this. I am here. I am a nurse. And no matter what happens, I choose to have a good day. Another tip, after your shift, exit with a coworker. I always want to leave my coworkers. I would, sometimes you have those shifts where you're like, I can't because you get stuck, you're behind and doing things. But also remember, nursing is 24-7. You don't have to complete everything on your shift. It's called shift report handoff. You hand off what it is you don't complete. But you should be leaving on time. You endorse. Endorse and delegate to the next shift. Don't get in trouble with the overtime because the oncoming shift says, oh, you have to finish this. Really? Did you check with the manager? Did you? Are you signing my incidental overtime off? Are you? If I get written up for... Being over, are you going to dispute my write-up? So, you know, an hour before your shift, start wrapping things up. Figure out what you're going to delegate. Figure out what are the things that you absolutely must do. But make every effort to leave on time and exit your shift with a coworker. And one of the things about exiting your shift with a coworker is no one else better understands your stress and anxiety than a fellow colleague. And so from one nurse to another nurse, if you guys can leave out together, you can maybe talk or share some of your experiences from the shift, maybe some negative emotions. Hey, although be mindful of HIPAA, it's an opportunity to debrief and get some emotions off your chest. And that can be healing, especially with people who can resonate with what you're experiencing, what you've seen, what you felt. And they also might be able to provide a different perspective of what they saw. So maybe you saw one 
negative things of an experience and you might be on your way out chatting with your colleague and they're saying, oh, but you know what, but this happened and that happened and they might be able to better help paint a more rounded perspective of what's going on. But nevertheless, it's someone who's in the trenches with you who you can kind of debrief with. Also, something you want to do is create a calming environment to come home to. You've been in the war all day at work in the, you know, working your shift. You want to come home from a stressful shift to a nice relaxing environment. You don't want to come home and it's chaotic because that only builds your stress and anxiety. And you want to try to reduce this on your way home. So on your way home, you're going to, you know, be in the car, listen to that relaxing music, leave work at work, leave work at work. Okay. But also if you have someone at home who can help you with this even better, but try to, when you come home, We'll see this takes planning because if you don't have anyone help you, you got to do it yourself. But try to come home to a clutter-free area in your house where you can relax after a long shift. So it requires asking your family, your partner, or or even getting a housekeeper sometimes to come tidy your house before you come home because you deserve that. Because I'll tell you this, when I come home and the house is a mess, I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at everybody. Like I'm coming to the door yelling and I don't want to do that because I'm already like on level 100 from a shitty shift. I don't want to, I want to de-escalate. I want to relax when I get home. I don't want to be upset and frustrated and anger and allow that to build because I'm coming home to a messy environment. Also, if you think that the um, environment at work is what's causing you to have high stress levels, for example, you guys are always short staffed or you're always in lack of certain equipment that's necessary for your job, or you're being asked to take care of high acuity patients that you're not as familiar with or manage equipment that you've not been properly trained or signed off on, you need to notify a supervisor. So there are some things that the hospital should take accountability for, but they can't fix what they don't know. And at least if you put them on notice, basically you're saying, I'm really a good employee. I want to do a good job, but these are the things that I'm dealing with. And these are the things that I need help with. And that is when your supervisor needs to step in to help make sure that you have the environment, the equipment, the resources, the knowledge, the skill set to do the job that it is that you've been hired to do. Because not being prepared and not being able to do those things can exacerbate your anxiety. And you can let them know like, look, this has my heart beating, pulse rate up. I'm breathing fast. I'm getting anxious. My tummy hurts. I feel like I always got to go number two. I'm nauseous and like I'm jittery and I'm moody. It's not because I'm on my period or anything like that. It's just this job is causing me anxiety because I don't have these things in place. And then also, and I'll leave you with this last tip is find a fulfilling community outside of work. Hence nurse.org. Hello. Um, Because working long hours in a stressful situation can leave you emotionally and physically exhausted. Absolutely. We all agree hands down. And so it may feel like it's difficult to connect with people outside of work, especially when you're tired from a full day. So who gets you better than another nurse who's experienced the exact same thing? Like, I see you, sis. I see you, bro. I've been there. I've done that. Here's some of my clinics. I cried yesterday. You know, like I'm going through the same things and you can swap stories, you know, get your feelings off of your chest. You can relate. You can cry together and you can laugh together. We can get mad together. And we do all of that at nurse.org. Nurse.org is such a wonderful way to connect and we love hearing stories from nurses, friends of nurses, other health professionals, because we really want to support everyone. Because listen, y'all, we got a hard job. We love taking care of people, but we got a hard job. If you're like, I don't know who to connect with. Now, obviously, you you know, you connect with people at the gym, at your church, at the grocery store. Like, 
go to a paint and sip, like whatever. Listen, here in Los Angeles, we just did a recent event. We did an escape room. Like we are trying to find ways in which we can release stress and anxiety and kind of fellowship and kind of meet other nurses, people who get us, right? People who get it, but find a fulfilling community outside of work. So nurse.org is here for you, but you know, check out your community as well. And speaking of nurse.org, I also wanted to say shout out to them for making this podcast possible because, you know, I've been working with them for a couple years now. And I have to say it has been an awesome experience and opportunity to serve as the chief nursing officer to help kind of guide some of the content we talk about, to have some of the difficult conversations, raise some of the difficult issues. And while I am obviously a nurse, nurse practitioner, you know, I have one perspective of it from being the person who's actually working and then also being a part of leadership and academia and all this kind of stuff can help kind of look at a more rounded picture. Like, yes, this is happening to us, but what are the things that we can do as well? So nurse.org has been excellent in that aspect and also being a great resource, tons of wonderful information for personal, professional, and just for, you know, allowing us to release our emotions and our feelings and also help gather information to help us empower us so we can have more thought provoking conversations with some of our leaders. Like, you know, the survey, the state of nursing survey, excellent resource for statistics if you need to have a conversation with your boss about work environment stuff. But listen, One of the things that we're definitely doing, and which is why I'm excited about this new format, is that we're answering your questions. You know, you have a question, comment, a situation that's happening, like your hospital's protesting, you've been treated badly. Maybe you have a a, a feel-good story, like you guys did something amazing. Like, we want to hear from you. We want to know what's going on. We want other nurses and folks to know what's going on as well. So what we would like you to do in those situations is please hit us up on social media, nurse.org or Ask Nurse Alice. You can slide into our DMs or you can also send us an email. You can email us at nursealice at nurse.org. Let me know your story. Let me know your situation. Maybe we can bring you onto the podcast and interview you, your crew. Hey, let's get your leadership on here. If there's something to be talked about, let's get to talking. Okay, let's get to talking. Let's start holding each other accountable for some of the things that are not happening in our profession and also for some of the silly stuff that's happening in our profession. What you also can do, which is new, is you can text us, send us your text message. You can text us at 725-910-9676. That's 725-910-9676. Text us your question, your comment or suggestion. We'd love to hear from you that way as well and hopefully get you on the podcast. So we're really excited about that. And speaking of the podcast, listen, y'all, I don't ask for much. And from one nurse to another, I need your support. And what I would love for you to do is go to your favorite podcast platform, wherever you're listening to this right now, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Stitcher, wherever you're listening to it, leave a rating and a review. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Would love to know that. And that way, when you put it there, others can see the comments and check it out and say, hmm, okay, I see you, Nurse Alice. I see you, Nurse.org. And these are the things that I experience and can relate to. I want to listen to this podcast and tell your testimony. We'd love to share your testimony because many of you guys um, from the emails and stuff have been touched by some of the stories. I've emailed you back and forth. And listen, let's share. Let others know how this podcast has helped improve your situation or helped you get through a difficult situation or help you navigate through something you were going through at work or professionally or personally. Uh, would love that. And so sharing is caring. Make sure to share this podcast with a friend, colleague, classmate, your neighbor, your manager, 
the more we share, the more we can get these messages out and the more stories of nurses we can tell. And that's what it's really about. We want the public to know what nursing's all about, what we really go through, how they can support us. And they don't know unless they hear it from us. So let's make sure our voices are heard. I want to make sure your voices are heard. Nurse.org wants to make sure that you're heard. I'm here to talk to you. So thank you so much for tuning in, guys. I'm Nurse Alice. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And so until next time, guys, make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.